No further information. It's a podcast for cops and potato farmers. This episode will focus on cops. Today's storyteller is going to be pissed because I called a different storyteller one of my best friends. Uh, in fact, it was his only criticism of this show. He's also one of my best friends and definitely ranks in the top 95th percentile. He's insanely devoted to his family, easygoing, and every man in every sense of the word, but among the best investigators I know. It's Cameron, a school resource officer in Texas. My name's Cameron. I'm a police officer in the DFW Metroplex. Been a police officer for about five years now. You were a street cop for the longest time, right? Working for the first municipalities, mostly. You know, I'm I'm always fascinated because I would I feel like I'd blow my fucking brains out if I went to an ISD. <laughs> um, and you know, any it's, to me, it was always been it's always been like any sort of specialty police, like campus, ISD, hospital. I'd blow my fucking brains out. Yeah, I know you were as active as a, of a street cop as I was. Um, do you do you feel the difference? No, there's definitely a difference. It's definitely a slow down and and the pace. Um, and it's a different type of. It's a different style of policing altogether. Um, there's a lot more. I guess there's a chance to be. I mean, it's a different style of being proactive, talking with the kids, engaging with the kids, trying to educate them on different things to uh, help prevent, you know, certain crimes from occurring or certain mistakes that they can make that can, you know, ruin their careers or ruin their lives their at lives. Such a young state or young age. You know, how do you prevent stuff from happening down the line? We do a lot of educational videos is what the department will do. And they'll release it out to like the high school students and even junior high. Um, a lot of drug awareness and we teach them about different elements of the off or different uh, levels of the offenses and mm-hmm. um, how it can the affect their lives. Yeah. Yeah. The difference between like, you know, the difference between weed and THC, you know, you get THC, the smallest amount is an automatic felony. And with a felony, there's certain things you can't do and certain jobs you can't get. And, um, it's more so on the personal level. We'll sit down, like more so the trouble kids that we deal with, and try to engage with them more one on one. There's like we have an alternative school or DAEP, and uh, that's where if you get caught with any amount of drugs or you're arrested for anything, they they automatically send you there per the school district's policy um, for an extended amount of time. And we have officers that go over there and try to engage with those kids as well. And meet them on their level you haven't been with um isd for too long or for the schools but um you know i i i feel like you either <laughs> this is gonna sound shitty you either like kids or you don't <laughs> i fucking can't stand kids yeah <laughs> I, I like them from a street level and like hey you little fucker all right come on you want to see the fucking lights on the car come on in but you know, dealing with them every day. I mean, did you, if I asked you, you know, three, four or five years ago, like, hey, would you want to be an ISD cop and work with fucking kids and stuff like that? Right. Would yeah. you, what would you have said then? No, yeah, I would have, I would have 
Oh, yeah, no. Right. <laughs> I mean, uh, do you, uh, so the second question, do you consider yourself like, oh, like I'm fond of, you know, like I, I don't mind children, you know, like it's just, it's so anathema to me and you and I are similar cops. I feel yeah. like, yeah. So I, I'm trying to figure out like, what the fuck happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I think it was, I think it was quite a few things. Um, I, I remember it, from the academy. Uh, Mark, let, let's and you know it's better for your family too. Yep. Let's let's get that out of the way for yep. anybody who's like, oh, why the fuck would you ever be a school cop? Look, yep. every good street cop that I've ever met who goes to ISD early on in their career, not you know twenty five, it's yep. good for the family, right? Yeah, uh, holidays. We you know sometimes weekends off, mm -hmm. holidays, summers. You know usually normal shift, and you know you get to be around. If you work close to home, you get to be around. You so let that 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 yeah. definitely counts for something. Yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, but going back to the academy. Yeah, um, I mean I remember always talking about the five fifty rule, where you know in five years, fifty percent of the people in the class are going to be out of law enforcement for one reason or another. Right. Um, <clears throat> and I think. I think I met the burnout, you know, as far as the municipality went, uh, I, I felt the burnout and there were many reasons for that. And one thing that I wasn't ready to be done with law enforcement yet. One thing that I always hated about law enforcement was, uh, you know, that's that traffic stop that you get some kid who's 17, 18 years old, super respectful. Um, he has potential, but yet here he is with fucking a THC and, and a gun in his car or something. And it's like, well, you just fucked yourself, you know? And you got you got to hook him. Yeah. Up. And you have to. Yeah. And it's, I hated the fact of like the idea of possibly ruining these people's lives or their potential for jobs or scholarships. Some, some of them have scholarships to college. They're still in high school, but you know, technically they're an adult, you know, in Texas, you only right. have to be 17. So, right. um, 17 for the age of criminal majority, which means you get treated like an adult. You go to yeah. big boy jail, right? Yeah. Um, okay, so that's interesting. So let's talk about that. In the street, when you encountered a situation like that, you kind of bound by sort of, all right, turn around, put your hands behind your back. Yep. But here in the school district, that has changed because do you have more of a chance to make a difference early on? Or at least you're kind of, you're kind of sticking your foot in the door in a different way now. Yeah. And you're, you're, when you're on the street and you're a street cop, you are uh, serving the quote unquote public and upholding yeah. the laws. But here, we're almost serving the accused, right? Mm -hmm. We're intervening at the crucial step. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, as far as that goes, I think that starts, you know, in middle school or even elementary school for some of the students that, uh, that you start seeing signs, um, kind of build a relationship with them, try to gain their trust and try to educate them and guide them along the way as much as you can. As far as when they get into high school, if they start making those choices or even junior high, if, if it's THC, right. then we're still required to arrest them. Wow. Um, we're still required to, to make an arrest for any amount of drugs. As far as weed goes, they send it off to the lab first, but then we'll just file on them later. But so now you're putting what? 13, 14 year olds <laughs> yeah. in custody, right? Yep. Yeah. That's kind so, of fuck with you. Yeah, it, it does. I mean, it's, I think you just kind of compartmentalize it, you know, you, you or you just block it out for to some extent, you know, and you know, because on, on the street it's different. You made the car stop. Yeah, walking up to the car, it's like, I guess the best way to put it is there's a context here. I caught you. Yeah, but here these are just fucking dumb kids being yeah. fucking dumb kids, yeah. ruining their lives with yeah. a stupid, stupid fucking decision.
yep. you know, this fad going around, mm -hmm. you know, as I said, you're in vape, but you know, okay. it's not THC, yeah, guys. Not yeah. THC. It's okay. not THC. I got a room, room full of fucking cops. Right? <laughs> Come catch me now, motherfuckers. <laughs> catch me outside. But you know, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's tough. Right. And, yeah. and, and, but you, you, you now, you now. A street cop wouldn't have the opportunity to come in there, show videos, talk to the kids on a yeah. daily basis, and intervene. So that that offers a new level of rewards. Yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, I uh, you know a little bit about my past, but you know, I graduated from an alternative school myself, and I made a lot of poor choices. A lot of them, I just never got caught. I never, I never went to jail for anything. I never got caught by the police with weed or anything like that. And, um, and that's really that's just luck, you know. Right, right. Um, but. A lot of the kids that I see, that I deal with, I'm like, man, that was me that was at you. that age, you know? And where I'm at now versus where they are, you know, it's like they still have a chance, but then here we are, you know? Yeah, that, 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 that's, that, that means a lot. That, yeah. You know, oh shit, that's me. Mm -hmm. and, and if I could just get you to yeah. that point, yeah. you got it, because you got it at some yeah. point. most important thing is that uh, your change in your position from street cop to school cop um, are you finding ways to be fulfilled now are you finding kind of different avenues yeah yeah I would say so um, I would say so yeah I mean it's it's it's, uh, it's a complete 180 from working for a municipality but uh yeah, engaging with some of the older kids, uh, some of the high school kids, more so trouble kids, is always rewarding, uh, in my eyes at least. Have you had enough time there to see it pay off? I would say more so. I've, I've had enough time to just kind of build some relationships with some of the kids that, I mean, there's like a kid that uh, shortly after I started working there, when she was walking past me, she kind of had an attitude. I'd never seen her before, and she'd never seen me, and... I said hello or what's up to her or something like that. And her response was, I don't fuck with you. And then she just kept on walking. And I didn't stop her or anything. Mm -hmm. I just kind of let her do her thing. And Well, then, like, <clears throat> maybe a month later, I'm going up these stairs up by the administrative offices, and she's sitting outside at a table. And the lady, the lady's desk, the assistant that's out, uh, that she's sitting next to, she's not there, but there's, like, a big bowl of candy. So I was like, ah, fuck it, let me grab some candy. And so I grab a piece of candy, and then I ask her, yeah, you know, hey, you want some candy? You want Snickers or something? Toss her Snickers, and she uh, kind of her whole personality just kind of changed from that point on. And and now uh, when I see her, she'll talk to me when she's in the cafeteria. She'll talk to me when I'm in the hallways, stuff like that. Um, it's some trust and relationship that's built up. Yeah. And you think that's going to pay off for you? <clears throat> I believe so. I think it'll. I think it'll pay off for her more than more than it will for me. Just um, describe what that means. I think it's helping build uh, a different view of law enforcement for her. Uh, I, I don't know her backstory. I haven't gotten to know her that well yet. Right. But uh, in the few times that we've talked, but for whatever reason, she felt the need to let me know how she felt at first, and for no reason at all, without knowing who I was. And, now she's we've talked a few times she's gotten to know me now she'll joke around and stuff and I think in the future she gets pulled over as an adult or whatnot or even with her kids when her kids are going through school it's something that 
she can remember, something that she can uh, learn from and apply in her own household. The, the ripple effects yeah. are just enormous when you sit down and think about them. You offering her a piece of candy and not dismissing her. Yeah. And, and all the, all the, all the long-lasting effects that you'll have. And so I think it's a chance for you, street on the street catching burglars, I think it's a chance for you to make a real difference. Yeah. So a lot of these interviews are predicated because I know these speakers. A lot of it is predicated by my pre-existing knowledge and relationship with the <laughs> storyteller, but I'm trying to remove myself from that. But you did come into this profession, unlike most rookies, with a lot of life experience, right? Yeah. You were in the military, you had regular jobs, you had a family. Yeah. Did that help or hurt you? I think it helped. Um, yeah, I remember like even in the academy, I'm talking about people use like family or marriage or wedding rings against you. And I never really experienced that too much. Um, the whole, okay, I'm, <laughs> that? it's rant time, okay? Take off your wedding ring when you're on duty. Yeah. So they don't, yeah. what are you, arresting the fucking cartel? Like, <laughs> what, are they going to come to your fucking house and kill your fucking family because you wrote the guy yeah. a summons for registration? That's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. In yeah. fact, I would submit that. People trust you more if yep. they see the ring on your finger. Yep. If you try to talk about yeah. your kids, if you say, hey, man, I got kids too. I yeah. understand where you're Something coming to from. relate to. Yeah. And, but that's cops sort of setting up this like insularity, like, it's yeah. us versus them, right? Yeah. We're the fucking wolf pack and they're the fucking sheep and all that <laughs> stuff. Like, that's fucking stupid. Yeah. We, we are the same citizens that we're trying to protect. Yep. And, it's funny, I bring up life experience. I had a very specific train of thought in my questioning because you come into police work with all this life experience and you've got a good head on your shoulders and you're grounded in reality. You're not buying into the hype, into the blue line and the trucks and the fucking beat wall. You have a beard now, but you know, and the fucking tat, you know, the, the blue line tattoos, the punisher skull on my fucking left testicle and shit. Yeah. But you're still a new cop. Yeah. And so is it all, is it still bright and shiny? Are you still nervous? Are you still, what the fuck do I do? Yeah. I, I would say like when I first got into FTO and, um, without saying his name, right, right. the, uh, the, uh, Puerto Rican right. yeah, FTO yeah, yeah, that yeah. I had. Yeah. He, um, and he, I think that was probably the best thing was having him as like my first phase. That was lucky. I, that was yeah. lucky. And, I, and we, and, and interesting. So he came from a very large department. He came yeah. from DPD, from yeah. Dallas Police Department. And, uh, he, uh, decided to leave of his own accord, yeah. uh, because, uh, after seven, seven, right. So for yeah. people who don't know, July 7th, 2016, five police officers in the Dallas area murdered in downtown Dallas by a lone gunman during the. Black Lives Matter protests. So <clears throat> after 7-7, his wife, uh, you know, you can either be divorced <laughs> or you can leave Dallas. Yeah. Uh, so he comes to a small agency where he works with you and you had the fortune of getting him as your field training officer. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like I said, I was straight out of there. I was still green. I mean, it's more so nervous about uh, making the wrong mistake or violating somebody's rights or something like that. And then, you know, most, most rookies, that's not that it's not important, but most rookies are more afraid of like looking like dumbasses or missing something or getting yelled at, but you were 
you you, you brought it up. You know, you were concerned about like violating yeah. someone's civil rights. You yeah. didn't want to do the wrong thing. Yeah. And I think that I think you carried that with you throughout yeah. your entire career. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because we understood the significance of taking someone's civil liberties away mm-hmm. with probable cause, with right. ju- justified or not. Yeah. I mean, well, justified, but but yeah, that's a big deal, right? Yeah. And, and so you come in, you're new, you have this life experience, you're not a dumbass, you got a good head on your shoulders, but you know, you're still trying to find the right decision. So this FTO leads you down the right path. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember it was actually the first night that I was on the street and there's some scrap truck, some dude driving a scrap truck through a field coming from some other business that was right. closed down and we knocked him down on traffic when we caught up to him and he actually had one of those replicas of like a Smith and Wesson handgun in his, in his glove box that he like reached out for <laughs> on uh but he was actually looking for his insurance, but he's like reaches into the glove box. And I remember it turned into, we had him at gunpoint and all this stuff and get him out of the car and find out it's fake. And he's just, he's, he's a scrap truck meth head and all this stuff. And we hooked him up on his those two Those two usually go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not a lot of lawyers with scrap trucks. You know, like, well, I've got a deposition Monday, but I just thought I'd pick up some copper. <laughs> but uh, so was that your first gun job, so to speak? Yeah. yeah. It was the first night that I was working yeah. as, a, as a cop. The very first yeah. night. That was, our, that was the first traffic stop, the first night. And we had just got done with, he introduced himself, filled out some paperwork. We signed, initialed on some stuff in the FTO book. We went out, we were leaving the PD. And as we were going down the main street that the PD's on, we saw right. this car driving with its headlights off through a field from this business that was closed. And we call that a clue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we shot down there and pulled him over and yeah. And it was, it was interesting, but I remember he, uh, the guy, when we had him changing out, when we were booking him in, we had him changing out of his clothes and he put his pants, he put his hand through his pant leg, like he was pulling it inside out. But he like brought the bottom of the pant leg up to his mouth, and then he like, I think he put something in his mouth, like mm-hmm. swallowed something. Like he, he snuck something in and he swallowed it to get rid of it or something. And I remember I didn't say anything because the FTO went into dispatch for a second, and he was like, "You'll be all right in here for a second, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah." Well, then he comes back, and I'm like whispering to him, "I'm like, I think he just ate something." And then he's like, "Well, if I can tell him, you know, like stop him, you know, like do something." And and that's why I say I think he was probably the best person to have in phase one because it's like I dealt with the. Uh, the imposter syndrome, you know, a lot with the first few weeks. And like, I didn't feel like a cop felt like I was wearing a costume at first, you know? And I get that. Yeah. And he, uh, it was multiple times, like in the first few weeks where he's like, you're a fucking cop, bro. You're a fucking cop. He's like, validating. Yeah. Yeah. And it definitely helped out and it made everything else go smooth after that. Did you recover? Did you recover dope from that guy? Uh, no, did you hit- <laughs> he probably ate it. <laughs> okay. Did you hit him with tampering or did like, no, did, it didn't, didn't develop yeah. into anything. No, it didn't turn into anything. You didn't reach your hand up his ass. No, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not for that reason. <laughs> you know, like the, with the glove, you know, like, like this is going to hurt you a lot more than it's going to hurt me. We do this, right? You yeah, know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. But you know, I mean, I won't, <laughs> um, <clears throat> you, you, you know, so, okay. So this, this is your first collar stop interaction as a fucking cop all right so tell me does that validate the job does that say to you like oh this is what i signed it for or is it like oh my god what the fuck did i get myself into i mean how, how did what goes through your head no yeah i mean that was i was still i'll take that back i was, I was a little confused still because i'm like all right well we just 
saw this guy coming from somewhere. Actually, what it wound up being, we, did, we only hooked him up on his warrants. That's the only thing he was... We oh, is that right? We just, yeah, we just confirmed on his warrants. And that he didn't have it. any copper with him or anything? He had trash, or he had scraps that he had pulled out of the dumpster of that uh, that business. So he was just dumpster diving is what it was. Um, so he didn't break in or do I would have been like a that. hoe. I would have summoned him for city ordinance, you know, tampering with trash. And we don't even have that. that trust me, we, don't even, we didn't even have that city ordinance. We had, you know, city ordinances from like the 70s and stuff in there. And uh, he has uh, seven roosters <laughs> and a five rooster county. And yeah, a, and a five rooster. A five county. rooster ordinance. Like, you know, but there is an exception <laughs> if you have additional roosters for procreation purposes. And I don't mean the roosters. Yeah. Okay. All right, so. <laughs> six but, yeah, six Yeah. So, so, so yeah. So, you, you know, you, you, it validates. Mm-hmm. It kind of says, okay, all right, this is yeah. why I signed up to, for the yeah. job. The last story I'd really like you to tell is, uh, and as soon as I tell you, uh, the fire department and, <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd yeah. really like to hear that story because that's a good story. Yeah. As uh, a, a traffic stop or actually the backstory on that was, uh, Oh my God. Well, we were because I was working by myself that night. And it's it was, always, okay, let's, yeah. per, let's punctuate this. Anytime you and I got into something, it was always after our fat asses had just fucking finished eating. Just fucking ate. And yeah, I'm like, Jesus, Jesus well, like I got a fucking chicken palm in me yeah. and, <laughs> and I'm chasing this fucking bitch through the fucking grass. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, we, uh, we ate that Italian restaurant and then afterwards, I can't remember what we were, I think we were complaining about. The administration's not getting of course, along. Of yeah. course, yeah, and because uh, our departments did not uh, uh, get along. Yeah, uh, the officers did. But we the administration, did. right? Yeah, it's it's and it's all big dicks. Yeah, you know, Pretty big much. dick it, or little dick rather. You know, energy and just swinging it around and. Yep, you know. absolutely. And yeah, so I remember you were saying, yeah, if something happens, you know, you're the one that's going to back me up, and if something happens to you, then I'm the one that's going to back you up, and. And I went on my way, and then you went to go take take a shit. I think, right? That doesn't sound like me. <laughs> Everybody in the room is nodding. <laughs> yeah, and uh, everybody that's in here, how many how many times have it been like, all right, I'll, I'm taking it. You called me, and I'm taking a shit, yeah. or you needed me, and I'm taking a shit. To, you know, <laughs> the more I realize, the, yeah. <laughs> this is like a like this is your life. I'm like. How much of my life has been wasted on the goddamn fucking toilet? You you take so long. When we go to your house and I'm like, all right, it's about 11 o'clock at night. I guess we should be heading home. And then you're like, I'm going to go use the restroom real quick. And I'm like, well, let's just say goodbye now. Like, well, I don't want to do it at 1245. Those minds aren't going to sweep themselves, you know, or, you know, those, those can't, those candies aren't going to crush themselves. Uh, yeah. So, so. Yeah. So I let, we left from the restaurant, went our own ways and. Yeah. I called out traffic on some car and she kind of slow rolled it for a minute and then she stopped at the red light. Right. I remember that. I get out. I'm like, what are you doing? Go pull into that that parking lot right there. And she's like, okay. And I turn around, start walking back to my car. The light turns green and she just fucking punched it. You're like, I meant over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh I meant I, I meant the, the gas station. <laughs> but yeah, so it turned into a to a short little car chase. And, and can I it. can we talk about car pursuits for just a second? Uh-huh. I don't know about you, but I have this moment where like, hey, that's illegal. I, where's it going? Yeah. Do, you, do you have that? So or, it's funny because in that, in, on that call, yeah. that was after, remember we were having all the issues with all the car right, chases right. and them dropping all the charges and everything else with, yeah. with the department. The, the they department. were too lazy to yeah. submit it up to the, right, the yeah. Right. So 
I sat there for a second. She punched it, and I was like, I sat in the car for a second. I just looked at it, and I was like, I'm just going to let this shit run away. And then I was like, right. yeah, I'm going to have a little bit of fun. So then I took off after it. <laughs> but there was that moment where I was like, she can't do that. Like, Wait a minute. <laughs> You're Googling, like, can <laughs> someone run from the yeah. Hey, Siri. <laughs> I don't think that's it. <laughs> We're not going to file that charge. <laughs> yeah, so we, uh, she dumped off into an apartment complex. Got out of the car, and then she took off down a breezeway. And by that point, I had already, uh, I saw her running through the breezeway, caught up to her. This is my favorite part. Just <laughs> water boy tackles the shit out of her. 180 degree angle, just, <laughs> you know. Like Superman flying, you know. Like. You're you're a big dude. You're six. You're about 6'1", right? Yep, six yeah. foot. And, and, and she is five, negative three, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. And you fuck. You just fuck. It looked like a goddamn fucking T, you know, like a, a T square. And it was on the concrete yes, steps. Yes, yeah, 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 right by the steps, yeah. So, well, that was the first one, and then she was sitting there resisting, and then she hooks, or then I finally get her hooked up, and I'm walking her back, and she said something, whatever it was, I, I just remember I, I kind of let off, because I was like, oh, shit, am I twisting her shoulder? Right, yeah, whatever. And I was, so I let off, and as soon as I let off of the, like, with pressure, pressure. she fucking pulls away and takes off running again. Handcuffed. Yeah, handcuffed. So then I go to grab her, and then we, it turns into a tackle <laughs> So her whole face just scrapes against now asphalt in the parking lot. So the whole side of her face is all fucked up. <laughs> this motherfucker beat the shit out of this lady for a fucking turn signal. <laughs> I think it was registration or something. But something, yeah. always, It's always something stupid. Yeah. yeah, so then I'm trying to get her in the car. And she's resisting transportation too, so she's she's got like both her legs up. And then finally... Yeah, this, this is crucial to the story because... Yeah. She's not in either of our cities. She's in the... She's in yeah, that's right. right. But, uh, okay, so you're in another city, not terribly far outside your jurisdiction, but it is yeah. another city. Yeah, it's about, about a mile outside of the, right. the jurisdiction. And um, finally get her in the car, and then she's like, I need medics, and I can't breathe, and right. all this stuff. And So we call the medics, and we know she's faking it, but we call the medics, and... Our dispatch dispatches our medics instead of the city we're in. Correct. So FD pulls up, and I think that was the first thing he asked was, why are we here? This isn't even our city. Just jump yeah. from the jump. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> I think they went over and talked to her. Then they come. That guy came over. I think he was like their their captain or their sergeant uh, of the Whatever shift. their stupid ranks are. Yeah. <clears throat> so he was like the supervisor of the shift, and. He's trying to talk to me and tell me, uh, she's fine. She, yeah, she's fine. You can take her to the hospital yourself. And I remember telling him like, yeah, as long as y'all sign off on it and say she's good to go, then I'll take her myself. But Be I don't, you know, because you had been searching the car, yeah. inventorying it, ready for yeah. the tow. And so you weren't privy to his initial encounter. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought it at least checked blood pressure, right. all of that. And, right. Um, and for any cop who knows, like, look, we know this bitch is full of shit. Yeah. She's fucked up, but she's fine. Yep. Okay, but she is in the back. I'm female. How dare you? I'm hurt. Blah 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 blah. Yep. And she's trying to jail us out of this. Yep. So, um, I kind of went back and forth for a minute, and then I think you caught on to it before because I didn't catch on to it at first. I, I I was under the you know, the idea that he had already checked on her at least and was good to go, and they were just trying to make sure that they didn't have to go back to the jail to to check on her again. That was their major beef. Yeah. And so that's where you had stepped in and mentioned like, oh, no, 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 y'all at least got to 
Got a check on her. And so this is not my fire department. This is your fire department for your agency A. Correct. I'm agency B. We're in the city of C. And he, I, I am, you know, when you're a backup, especially for another agency, you shut the fuck up and you say, hey, which intersection do you need me to fucking close off? Okay, I'm going to help you find some bullet fragments. Okay. But I'm trying to bite my tongue. Also, this is not PD, right? This is FD. Yeah. So I'm like kind of trying to bite my tongue. And I'm like, if I could just weigh in here, this firefighter who's in charge was yeah. with two other firefighters who were embar embarrassed yeah. by his behavior because he had not even, he had not opened the door to the RMP to look at her. Yeah. And he comes and he tells you and he says, nah, she's fine. Yeah. Because he didn't want to go back to the jail. And I step in and I say, look, respectfully, you know, we, we get your position, but she's complaining about all these things. There's a problem with bullshit. Yes. Mm -hmm. But we're trying to, you know, CYA or, you know, COA, you know, our ass. Yeah. And would, and he just instantly pushes back with this, she's fine. And he, I think he said something like, you know, she has a high blood pressure, but she's not going to die from that. Are you fucking kidding me? That's like the number one killer of people. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, if she dies in the back of the fucking squad, that's on you. It's on me. It's on him. It's on my 907 year old partner who's just standing there, by the way. Okay. And I'm like, I, I'm not kidding. His defense was she didn't call us. She didn't call 911. And I said, right, yeah. we're 911. We called 911 for her what and i held up my radio i said she we she did call 911 she's in custody yeah and he keeps pushing back and he's doing this thing he's a big guy right yeah surprise a fat fucking firefighter <laughs> and he keeps coming like like bow chest back and forth like like yep. walking Stepping up to up. me yep. and then back and walking up to me and back and i'm like i'm, I'm not like i'm not scared but here was my point of contention He's saying she didn't call 911. She's faking. We don't want to have to go back to the jail. In other words, you just take her to the hospital, get checked out, cleared, and then go into the hospital, which is a perfectly reasonable assessment. But we're yeah. asking you to simply go back there, check her fucking blood pressure, hook her up to an EEG, make sure she's okay. And then she can be at least cleared for you to say, okay, she's medically stable now. Let me, and if I need to, let me take her to the hospital, clear her, and then book her in. All right. And he starts pushing back. And this is the message, ladies and gentlemen, people listening to this story. Okay. And this is the message that I tried to teach uh, my storyteller here. And I said, we don't get to decide who deserves our treatment. It doesn't matter if, there's a, if, she, if she's a suspect. It doesn't matter if she's a victim. It doesn't matter if she called us or not. We have a duty to take care of her. Is she faking? Absolutely. Are you going to find anything wrong with her? No. And then he turns to me. He's like, she's not, she's not even hurt. I'm like, her fucking knee is gushing blood. Oh, yeah. Jesus, fuck yeah. Yeah. She, I mean, she fucking did it to herself and good for her. Good for fucking her. <laughs> but I'm like, you, you're not even going to look at her. Yeah. And he finally acquiesces, you know, angrily storms back to his little fucking red, shiny fire truck. And then the two firefighters that are with him, I guess they kind of got the, like, you know, seal of approval from him. And then they open the back of the car and they start tending to her and hooking her up to the machines. And guess what? Exactly what I predicted, right? 
Nothing's wrong with her. She's medically stable. Did you take her to the hospital or the jail after that? Take her to the hospital. Right. Yep. Clear her, brought her to the jail, and booked her in. Okay, yep. all's well that ends well. But we, what if, what if she had fucking died in the back of that car that night? Yep. We're, we're, we're over here George Floyding her, right? Like, oh, you're fine. You can breathe. Like, oh, fuck you, right? You know, right? And then she fucking dies in the back of the car. We wouldn't, none of us would be, we would not, you and I would not be sitting here. Yep. You wouldn't be sitting here. You wouldn't be, none of us would be sitting here, right? Because mm -hmm. we'd be in fucking prison. And that's the part that I don't get. Now, I understand that he wasn't a cop. Yeah. But we owe a fucking duty to people. And we have to adhere to that duty no matter what. I, I know I just totally fucking swat kicked your fucking story and took it over. Well, you, you needed know? to. I've, I kind of forgot. Yeah, and, and you know, garbage. and 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 <laughs> my storyteller is fairly new. You know, this is like he doesn't get too many pursuits where he fucking has to tackle some tiny bitch. You know, and he and he's also not in the know. He's searching the car. He has primary duties. It's our job, me and you know, fucking uh, Odysseus over here. You know, to fucking like back him up and like support him. And so when the firefighter, <laughs> when the firefighter, <laughs> you, you like that, right? Yeah, you like that, 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 that uh, you know, the Socratic pull. <laughs> and so, so when the firefighter comes up to him and misrepresents and says, yeah, she's fine. He thinks, oh, okay, right. Picture this down the line, you get sued, right? Yep. And the accusation is, look, you knew or should have known. You should have verified. She was your AP. She was in your custody, care, control, and management. You're responsible for her fucking death. Bye-bye job. Yep. But by family, but by freedom, we're not allowed to choose to whom we administer our uh, care and protection and service to just because they're in handcuffs. We have to treat them equally. And, you know, the point of all of these interviews and, and these stories that I've been telling or that I'm sorry, the stories that I've drawn out of you that you've been telling is I'm trying to highlight the fact that you are one of the good ones who gets it. Who gets that look in spite of our investigations and you know we still have to above all else follow the law follow case law respect civil rights and focus on empirical data that can lead to the achievement of our legitimate law enforcement purpose and you know i think that story was a perfect highlight of sort of you doing your job correctly and us working you know as a team and ensuring that all portions of your investigation were sufficiently tended to, whether it was the pursuit, the video evidence of her taking off, body camera, and then ultimately the care of the accused so that she doesn't get to come back and later allege police misconduct, thus destroying your entire case. Yep. Even though you did fucking tackle the shit out of her. Thanks so much for listening, subscribing, and sharing. Please rate and review the show on your favorite platforms. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Our website is nfipodcast.com, YouTube at NFI Podcast. And please reach out to us 
at podcast at nfipodcast.com. Let me know what you think. New episodes released weekly or whenever I feel like it. Help us spread the word and tell us what you think. Share it with a friend. Stay safe and remember, do your job. Thank you.